Welcome to the Workforce Connections Podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the WC Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, all the way from the city of Henderson, my friend, city manager for the city of Henderson, and my colleague on the LVGA board, Richard Derrick. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I know this has been the work for a few weeks. It has. But we're very happy to have you now, Richard. Let's get started from the beginning. I, I get to know you. I know uh, I've heard some of your stories because we've traveled together. We, we, we meet uh, often, but we need our listeners to know about where you were born, where you grew up, where you went to school, including high school. I know somewhere in there, Mayor Romero fits in in that story. Uh, but how you your journey to the city of Henderson uh, and when you got to the city, you know, all the way to city manager, I think it's a fascinating story. We need to hear about it. No, oh, I appreciate that. You know, I was born and raised in Henderson, and my parents still live there, and my kids live there, and my grandkids live there. And so it's very unique for me to be in this position, having been homegrown. And when I was born, there were 17,000 people. Wow. Now there's 340,000, so it's a little different than it was when I was born. Um, I did go to school there, uh, as you mentioned. I did go to high school there, and Mayor Romero and I were in student council together. So I, wow. I think it's kind of an interesting claim to fame. You can see her leadership already, even in high school. Yes. I met my wife in high school, went on to UNLV, got a degree in accounting, um, actually worked in uh, the casino industry for a while, private sector. I thought um, that was kind of my end stop, was, you know, they were the biggest employers at the time. And... Um, I was looking for a kind of a more of a work-life balance. And so moved to the school district for a period of time, five years, and then ended up at the city of Henderson for 25 years, believe it or not, 25 years, and started as budget manager and worked my way up to city manager. That's amazing, Richard. So I didn't know that piece of your story. Uh, you also worked in the hospitality industry like me, uh, then, but then you went to the public sector. I didn't know about the school district, which I know Irene is now involved with the school district too. Uh, Superintendent Jara is on our board. And and that's one of our, I think, common initiatives. I know the mayor cares deeply about it because Mayor Romero uh, and I and Irene, we visited her elementary school uh, where she actually, we were in the very classroom where she attended fifth grade and took our workforce blueprint for kids, which as you know, it's a spinoff of the LVGA workforce blueprint, which helps us again, really understand what we need to do to close that labor shortage that we have and that our employers need help with. So uh, great story. And, and Richard, I think, um, again, not only did, did you, fascinating that you and Mayor Romero were on the student council in high school. And now, uh, of course, she uh, has been on the council for a few years as a councilwoman, now a mayor, uh, also our vice chair of the Workforce Connections Local Elected Officials Consortium. But she also spent many years as an employee of the city. How many years were... Uh, she was there 25 years as yeah. well and had been retired for a few years prior to being elected on the city council. Yeah. So it's very unique for us, too, to have someone in a mayor position who actually was an employee and has saw both sides. And so she really values team, teamwork. She knows about hiring the best and the brightest. And so I really appreciate the fact that, and it's true for my entire council, how much they value our, our the city of Henderson team. I feel that you and I have that in common, and, I, and I'm fortunate. I feel blessed because it doesn't happen with some of my peers across the country. But when you have local elected officials who um, let you, if you will, trust you to do the work, they they govern, they're responsible, they, they encourage you to obviously, like you said, select the right people in the right places. Uh, but then they also uh, give you the freedom, you know, and mostly the trust to do your job. And they're there to support you. And I know that uh, Mayor Romero does that for us uh, here also in her role 
as governing this body. So I uh, feel a kindred to you that way, both fortunate. Very good. No, and I completely agree with you. And the empowerment she gives, like you said, the trust she gives, and just her philosophy. It's so nice to be aligned, and the things that are important to her are important to me as well and to the entire council. So, yeah, no, it's a blessing. Good. So, Richard, um, let's dive into your city manager role. It's a big role. Like uh, the city of Henderson, as you said, has grown a lot. There's so much happening, which we'll talk about in the economic diversification, the appearance of sports in the city. But even with all that, running that city with, uh, you know, fire departments and police. And tell us a little bit about your primary responsibilities as a city manager. I know you don't have to do it by yourself. You have, again, a large team that helps you. But how do you prioritize what you give your time to? No, I appreciate that. You know, it's interesting. Um, again, I'm one of three employees that council have, and I basically run operations, and that's 3,000 strong. So we have a, a wonderful, diverse um, team. Um, and, and really, we're the largest full-service city in the state of Nevada. Not everybody knows that. Um, but we do have a police department, a fire department, utilities, and beyond just the parks and recreation and everything else. And so um, it really is about driving home the strategic plan, which is which is wonderful for me. We have a council that's very strategic in their um, prioritization of what's important to them. And so that allows me a roadmap and our team a roadmap to be able to our, um, convey the vision and execute on the vision. So um, that's what I enjoy the most, I think, is really focusing on trying to get results and really um, looking at metrics, looking at um, strategy, and can we do things better, faster. Sometimes the private sector does better than we do. And so we've done that too. I've, I've outsourced some things that we used to do ourselves. And I think sometimes partnering with the private sector is just as important. And so um, it's been really fun for me to be able to be in that role and, and very dynamic. That's really interesting, Richard. Could you share an example of something that you uh, outsourced to the private sector? Sure. You know, I have an example on Water Street, believe it or not. And so we used to be in the convention center business. And so right on front of City Hall on Water Street, we ran a convention center. Um, you know, the convention center, though, would require a subsidy every year, 500 to a million dollars. And so it was never self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over time, private sector has built convention centers in town and very nice ones. You know, you have beautiful ones at Green Valley Ranch. And there's many examples like that throughout the city. And we had a wonderful opportunity with the Golden Knights, as you know, in Cary and uh, Bill Foley and um, had a partnership, a private-public partnership. First time we've done that in, in that I'm aware of the city where we brought in the private sector to help us in an amenity on Water Street. And, and to me, that's a catalyst project. They pay property tax. Uh, they do not require a subsidy and has really changed, in my opinion, the profile of Water Street and really helped us to jumpstart redevelopment. What a great example. Yeah, so it, the short of it is you no longer have to find in your budget half a million or a million dollars to subsidize thing. To the country, they pay taxes, employ people, so a win-win-win everywhere. And of course, we get to see Henderson Silver Knights games, which is coming up in the uh, in the agenda. So I know uh, that you have many happy days in Henderson again because we talk often, and I can imagine when the Stanley Cup was in at City Hall must have been a fantastic day for you and your team. Uh, I hear that there wasn't enough time to get everybody through because it's so coveted to see the cup. Uh, but what about, uh, besides that, what other uh, achievements would you be really proud of, of your journey now since budget manager all the way to, to city manager? Is there one, two, three days there that really come at you as? Yeah, you know, there's um, things that I think stand out the most. And 
unfortunately, my, I joke about this. I'm not the luckiest person sometimes. I'm the chief financial officer during the Great Recession. Ooh. I mean, that's probably not the most desirable job during that time. But I, I will say we were able to um, navigate the Great Recession and not lay anybody off. And, and you remember that time, too. It was People were losing their jobs. And mm-hmm. so I really feel like it was, it was a positive that we were able to navigate that. We had built uh, reserves. We had put financial policies in place. So we were prepared for that. Um, same is true for the pandemic. That was an interesting time frame for us and uncharted. And so to be able to navigate that really help our community through the pandemic, help our businesses, help our first responders have not only PPE, but childcare so they can come to work. So some of those things we stood up really quickly, I think just showed the versatility of the organization. And then probably the most fun for me, honestly, was bringing sports, you know, um, working on the Raiders deal, having the Las Vegas Aces Two-time world champions, by the way, yes. have their call their home Henderson. Yes. Not to mention the Silver Knights and our Night Hawks and, and Ignite at our Dollar yes. Center. So I mean, it just, it's been a, a, mm-hmm. sometimes it's timing, and I just feel like it's, I've been blessed, you know, to be part of bringing sports into Henderson. Yeah, wow. I, I, you know, you've been longer than I have because I got there in 1993. Is when I bought my home. I got to the United States in 1987. So just just six years later, I I called. Henderson, my home, raised my children there. They went to Vanderburg Elementary, Bob Miller, uh, you know, Green Valley, Coronado. And so uh, it's been my home too. And I remember when the 215 was going in. I remember when Green Valley Ranch was being built, the district. Uh, but now, I, I, again, to have all the rest that you mentioned is just unbelievable. And so I congratulate you, the council, because I know that doesn't happen overnight. Like you said, the deals have to be worked on for years. You've shared some of your successes with us to be proud of, lots to be proud of in Henderson and more coming. If you could rewind time, this is an exercise we do often here, you know, if we had a magic wand, we don't, but if we could rewind time, is there anything that you would do differently in your time in the city? You know, um, we've been fortunate, as I mentioned before, that we were prepared for many of the different um, issues that came at the city. I will say this, you know, um, the pandemic is interesting. So um, as you're calling your folks into your emergency operations center, your EOC, and you're navigating um, how to deal with a pandemic that we had not dealt with before, um, I, I remember having that room Stuffed like the sardines, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the time we didn't know about social distancing. So there's probably yeah. things I would have done differently sure. today um, than we did then. Mm-hmm. And um, But I wanted everybody to be all hands on deck, right? We were supporting our, our first responders in the field. We were, like I said, delivering food to seniors. We were standing up um, daycare. And um, so all aspects of the city were kind of on, on fire. But yes, knowing a little bit later as we got into the pandemic, you should social distance. So then we started doing th- more things remotely sure. and stood up more technology. So things like that, I think you don't always know the best approach, um, but you do the best you can. You pivot. Luckily, there was no big outbreaks or anything like that. I was early into it. But but yeah, those are lessons learned. Yeah, lessons learned. And, and what you learned as uh, you know during that time, what all of us learned today is invaluable. We never, in 2019, we probably couldn't have imagined a something like the pandemic and its effects. So Richard, what we could have imagined, and we have now for almost over a decade, is not just um, you know here in Southern Nevada, but as a state, we've been trying to diversify our economy. It's uh, you know for decades it's been anchored on the hospitality industry, which will always remain our bread and butter. I think what we've built in Las Vegas is not replicable anywhere. They, some people have things, but they don't have it all like we do. And our infrastructure and hospitality has now been even made more incredible with sports and entertainment. But 
again, our economic diversification efforts, that's why you and I sit on the LVGA, our regional development agency, who works closely with your economic development team, Jared, and the team there. But, you know, and, and there's, again, great things to be proud of. Haas coming to Henderson, the, uh, the, the training center being built there. But give us, we'd love to, I think our, here, our listeners would love to hear your thoughts about beyond that and economic diversification. What else do we need to do to make sure that our region uh, is more resilient when the bad times come? No, I know you're a leader in this area. And so I, you know, I think Haas Automation is just a perfect example, advanced manufacturing. And really when we went to see them in Oxnard, California and, and see their operations, it was so interesting to see how many, how much of their product was going international. I mean, just the blueprint of, of what they do. And you can imagine that even if the U.S. was going through some kind of a downturn, with those type of customers, they would be so resilient through that. So I think those are eye-opening experiences where you see that really in practice. And so that's key to us. I, I think there's great opportunities in sports medicine. You know, right now with our teams that we have today, and um, there's just, I think, an, an open opportunity for us to continue to attract. And you see logistics everywhere. So I think, you know, all of us are kind of looking at that. What, what makes the most sense? Where are the, those key jobs? And we love to be a Google city. You know, mm. again, I think... When we see that one of our largest taxpayers now in the city, I think it just speaks to diversification. And I know we just issued bonds, and it was one of the things the rating agencies talked about to us about how well the city the city is diversifying and to continue down that track. Yeah, again, I think um, the the city of Henderson has done a great job, Richard. It continues to do. Again, you're building your uh, your economic development team now, rebuilding it because, like every employer, I think one of the the things that we're all facing is you know, uh, recruiting, uh, and retaining talent. It's a, it's a job seekers market right now. There's a lot of movement. And so, uh, I know that you are again, um, uh, with Jared rebuilding that team and looking at the next 10 years with your, with your plan on how to continue to support the growth that Henderson is experiencing. Uh, I also love when you talk about, you know, the sports, because again, you're, you're right. Henderson being, the home, uh, corporate home of the Raiders and the Las Vegas Aces, and not just the Henderson Silver Knights, but uh, you know, practice facilities where the Vegas Golden Knights could go to if they needed to uh, ignite the Hawks. I mean, who would have known all of that packed into our city where we live? Uh, I remember three, I think, years ago. It was during the the pandemic. You and I were first in line at the New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, uh, the Orleans. I'm sorry. Uh, to get our our season tickets for the first inaugural season there, as we were awaiting the pavilion to come down and the you know what today is the Donald Center to be to be built, uh, exciting times, fun times. We ran into each other at games, which is fun. I think that's uh, part of what bringing the the nights to to Henderson has been. The community has really rallied around that, and it's been an opportunity to uh, to build community and to build trust. I know you have uh, another big thing coming, which I don't know a lot of details about, but I think it's going to be a great thing. In Henderson, where the 95 meets the 215 for years, it was the Fiesta, the Fiesta Casino Resort. And uh, and now when you drive by, thank goodness the garage is still there because that's what an asset, a multi-story garage. But I know you have uh, huge plans for that era, including a sports complex. But give us more details about what uh, we can expect to see there in the next few years. No, oh, I appreciate that. You know, it, it, it was an interesting opportunity for us. And the mayor and council wanted to be able to have control of that site because it's so 
key for us. It's really a gateway to downtown. And when we worked with our partner, Station Casinos, about keeping the parking garage with that site, really the parking garage is worth what we pay for the entire site. Yes. So for us, it was just a great hmm. value to pick that up. And we've been talking about a field house in the west side of town, but this gives us an opportunity to do a field house on the east side of town. So a field house, very similar to what the Rangers practice facility would look like. So it could be multi-sport. You could have different tournaments in there, uh, whether it be volleyball, basketball, soccer, all inside. Wow. A great gathering places for families in the community because you can imagine I've got grandkids now and when they're playing soccer in July <laughs> it's very hot as we all know and we also know that with water shortage today we have to look about different ways to recreate and so this would give us an internal you know inside um, air conditions space for families to gather in the summer or any time of year and just really um, celebrate sports, really um, get kids prepared. Um, we've, we've got great talent now. We've got new sports here in town. Let's develop them. And not only from the rec programs, but to the club programs and on up. I love it, Richard. And will there, will the presence of a sports complex there mean that there will also be opportunities, as you were saying earlier, for maybe the presence of uh, commercial uh, medicine, or I'm sorry, the medicine area, profession, services on that complex? Will there be other commercial and industrial, you know, opportunities there as well? Yes. And in fact, we just worked with our community and we had thousands of uh, survey feedbacks. So we went out to the community and, see, and asked them what they want to see as well. We've lost some amenities. We lost restaurants. We lost a movie theater. We lost hotel rooms on the, on the Fiesta site. And so uh, what we'd like to see is something that really is master planned, a hotel, possibly restaurants, um, to kind of um, complement the sports facility itself. We've also had others come in and, and ask for cultural arts. You know, we uh, we all love the Smith Center and we go visit the Smith Center, but um, there may be an opportunity too for a city of our size to have other opportunities for the symphony, um, to see a dance or other plays to allow our, our uh, residents to really Again, gather, come together, and have experiences. Because as much as I love sports, it's that's not everything, right? So right. there's other folks that like other amenities. And so I think this is going to be an opportunity for us to even branch out in that space. Wow. So uh, it's really a long list of the things that that uh, asset could bring to the residents of Henderson. Yes, it is. That is great, Richard. So again, your story, I feel, is very unique because you're that rare person who was born and raised in Henderson and now, uh, you know, again, gets to manage the, the city, which is, again, so broad, economic diversification, uh, law enforcement, uh, you know, fire protection, so much. And so what it, you're in a unique place. Uh, you're, a, you're an inspiring story for another young boy or girl in Henderson right now is going to Vandenberg Elementary or Twitchell uh, or Bob Miller or any of the other schools. What advice would you give them? You know, uh, for a young person who says, I would love to be a civic leader one day and, and have that kind of contributions to the city and live in one day, be a city manager. What advice would you give them? Well, you know, and I think, you know, many of us go by the same mantra that just be a lifelong learner. I, I think for all of us, um, and I'm a product of the public school system here and my, so are my children. And so we're all ready for um, higher education. And so I, I feel like we have great opportunities with schools here. Um, continue to, to drive yourself and, and to learn. Um, I, I love what you do with training folks. I mean, you're key to so much in the city. Uh, our partnerships with higher ed, we've invested in both CSN, Nevada State University and UNLV. So lots of opportunities for higher education there. And then we just opened our uh, center of excellence. 
in West Henderson as well. Mm -hmm. And so another opportunity to partner with CSN in training for advanced manufacturing. So trying to have different pipelines for different skill sets. And then I would probably give anyone the same advice, always continue to drive yourself and learn and then become indispensable. I think that's true for anyone. I never, to be honest, aspire to be a city manager. I just want to do a good job. Mm -hmm. You know, I come to work, I just want to work hard and I want to play hard when I'm off, but you know, I want to work hard when I'm at work and give it my all and be the guy that's a problem solver and really try to, to raise the bar. And so I think, you know, any young person that really wants to make change and improve the world. I, I think going into public service is probably the most rewarding profession that you can go into because you're creating a community. And who doesn't want to do that? And you're actually working on quality of life. And it's not just bottom line sometimes, it's, it's about really improving the way our residents live. And so um, I would just say, continue to learn and grow and there's lots of opportunities and take advantage of workforce connections as well. That's a great ad advice, Patria. Be a lifelong learner, learner, never stop acquiring skills and experience. And, and you're right. I think, um, you know, we as uh, in the public sector, I don't think we've gotten as good as we could be in recruiting our future workers, meaning painting the picture that, you know, we know, I think, how to articulate some of the benefits. You know, we have great benefits in the public sector, um, you know, when it comes to health, retirement, all that stuff. But a lot of times I think the new generation doesn't look that far. And so we have to, I believe, do a better job in articulating the immediate impact that the jobs in the city have for public health, public safety, the enriching the lives of people through parks and recs and the kinds of complexes that you're talking about now. So uh, if we can be of any assistance to the city in your future recruiting efforts, let us know. Love to make maybe explore doing some videos to help, uh, you know, and again, paint a really rich picture of, uh, of a career in the city and what that brings, especially to this new generation that they want to know that they're making an impact now. Uh, but Richard, yes, I think, thank you for saying that um, we love partnering with the city of Henderson. You know, we started with the public libraries. But now we're in City Hall as well, really bringing these resources, not just to the job seekers, but also to the businesses, working with your folks again in the economic development team with Jared. And really across your, your city team, it's been fantastic. Uh, there's not one bad story. It's always uh, been good to work with your folks. And that's a testament, again, to the leadership. Any final thoughts on how, uh, as we leave, any big happenings coming up for the city? Any new ribbon cuttings and new announcements that you want to share with us? Oh, well, thank you for that. There's always something mm. going on in Henderson. Yes. I, I like to joke about that. I, you know, the two field houses are going to be phenomenal, but I don't want to forget our investments in public safety either. We have police substations opening, fire stations opening. We have a new crime lab that we're working on right now. So, so setting the stage for quality of life, I think is always important to our core. I think that's why we attract um, folks to move to Henderson, you know, our parks and recreation, our trails. And so really maintaining our core amenities for that quality of life. And it's funny that we're seeing a lot more technology jobs moving to Henderson, those that can telecommute. They may work in LA or New York, but live in Henderson now. Mm. So we're seeing more of that. Um, but I, I think recreation amenities, our two field houses we talked about, we have a new hospital right now under development. So bringing medical services to our community, actually into the entire valley. I think we're, we're woefully 
you know, as we know, we need more services in the home medical industry. So I'm thrilled to have a new hospital coming. Um, there's just a lot of development, a lot of great things happening. And so um, I just really appreciate our partnerships. I, I know we wouldn't work on the same things together, the, the pipeline. Um, I, I'm feeling the same things you're feeling sometimes going to the market. We're not getting the same type of the talent mm -hmm. that we used to get. And so even kind of creating a our own pipelines and developing our own workforce, even from our parks and recreation kids, get them young, right? Absolutely. And especially when they're already part of the community and just train them up. And so I think, you know, the partnerships we have with you, our center of excellence, I think those are gonna be all very important for uh, the future to make sure we have folks that are trained with the right jobs and skills. I think so too, Richard. And let's, um, uh, you have my commitment, like I said, as you uh, ever think of an idea, count on us to work with your team, as you said, to target those young kids that we have already in the parks and recs, but that we also have in the elementary, middle schools and high schools in Henderson. Why not come up with a campaign that is attracted to them, that really speaks in their language about why a career in the city is a good one? Because I do remember the times, Richard, where there was lines standing to get a job with the cities and the counties because they were great jobs, but it's just a mismatch today between uh, us as a nation our birthing rates, uh, you know, going down steadily every decade, our immigration rates going down. That means that we don't, we're not making or importing the workers, but we're also retiring more workers than ever. So it's this perfect storm that's uh, it's got employers, you know, really concerned and it's not going to ease up soon. So I think those who get strategic are the ones that are going to be uh, winning the battle. And so count on us as your partner for that. Thank you for that. And I, I just, again, I just think what you offer and your partnership there is so going to be so inv invaluable. And we're spending some money too in some different areas, like a wellness center, which we just opened. I think we're the only municipality to have a wellness center for our workforce. And so really taking care of the physical and mental health of our employee base. And so I, I think we all have to look holistically about what does that look like trying to attract high quality workers and, and keep high quality workers. And so the world, like you said, is changing. We used to have thousands of people apply for certain positions. Now they're in the hundreds and yes. just um, so many just need the right skill set to be successful. So again, we value everything that you do. That's right. Well, Richard, we value the relationship as well. I'm proud always to live in a city that always makes the top five, top 10, you know, for quality of life. And again, that's thanks to you and your team, the council, Mayor Romero and her team. And so, Thank you for that. Thank you for making the time to come here to visit our podcast, and we hope to have you again on soon. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. So it's, it, I'll come anytime. So we'd love to talk about Henderson. Yeah. So and you continue to do everything wonderful that you're doing. Next time we'll wear our Henderson Silver Knights That's jerseys. right. We got our jerseys. All right. You got it. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. And that's it for another episode of the WC Podcast. We hope to see you in the next one. Until then, stay safe.